This is that same Peter that was once that fisherman that Jesus had called, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is that same Peter. Now he is talking to high priests. Now he's preaching in crowds of Pharisees and Sadducees and all these other kinds of seas. But you can see how much of a person God has turned Peter into. Matthew chapter number 16. And we're going to be reading from verse 13 to 23. At least I'll read and you can follow along as I read it. I titled the message, The Man Who Fell But Rose Again. The Man Who Fell But Rose Again. So Matthew chapter number 16 in verse 13 to 23 is where the text is. It says here, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosened in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Now, if you study through the Gospels, uh, you'll more than likely come across a man named Andrew. Andrew is known as Simon Peter's brother. And Andrew was the one who brought Peter to Jesus. So Peter didn't know of Jesus first. Andrew was the one. It was his little brother who brought him to Jesus Christ. And that was, uh, you could see that story in John 1, verse 30 to, to 42. But with Andrew, oftentimes we can learn how God is willing to use ordinary people. With Peter, we learn that God is willing to use men and women who make mistakes. Some interesting facts about Peter is that he is usually at the beginning of the lists of the disciples. Whenever you look at the, the list of disciples, whenever they start listing who the disciples were. Peter is usually at the top of that list. He's oftentimes even respected many times by many theologians. He often stands out also, he's the spokesperson, right? Whenever the disciples wanted to say something, but they were kind of shy about it, Peter would be the one speaking it out. And he was kind of like that older sibling, right? 
the guy, the guy who would speak for you when you wanted to bring up something to Jesus, but then you were kind of shy to do it. Well, Peter will speak up. Don't worry about him. He'll open up his mouth, and if he was going to get rebuked, well, there you go. You're glad you kept your mouth uh, quiet, right? So he is the one often who, uh, who would ask questions from Jesus. If you remember, there was a time where Jesus was talking about forgiving your brothers. And then it was Peter who asked, well, how often should I forgive my brother? Right? And then there was that time where uh, Jesus is talking about the reward for forsaking everything and to follow Christ. And then Peter's the one who asked, well, hang on, what is the reward though? If we were to forsake everything and follow you, what's the reward? So Peter is asking good questions. And then Peter is also the one, when there was a fig tree that was cursed by Jesus, Peter's the one who spoke out and said, hey, what, what's the deal with this fig tree? So you can see Peter is a very uh, curious guy. And also, in our passage, we can see that Jesus even gave uh, him a brand new name. His name at first was Simon. The word Simon means hearing. And then he changed his name to Peter. And we know that the name Peter means rock. If you read other translations in different languages, the name Peter shows up as rock. At least in French, if you've ever heard the name Pierre, that literally is the word rock in French. So we call people Peter, rock, anyway. And then you also have this name of Peter as Cephas. You may have seen that one through the Gospels as well. And the name Cephas is the same word as the word rock, except in another language, Aramaic. Okay, so Simon goes by three different names, Peter, Cephas, and Simon, right? So Peter, you can say he was an interesting man. And throughout the Gospels, we see that. He didn't care too much if uh, he was being different from the rest of the group. He didn't care too much if he was standing out from his crowd. This often got him into trouble as well. Uh, He spoke out, and he spoke out his mind. And that got him in trouble too. And he got rebuked for it too. And the disciples may have been thinking of the same thing, but he was the one who spoke out for them. But throughout Peter's life, Peter goes through a journey. And today we're going to look through his journey. And the Lord brought Peter through a certain journey that changed him for the better. And I think often Christians go through this journey also, to a certain degree. And so Peter's journey, we see a man who was once bold, who later fell, and he finally got back up. Okay? So, before we begin, we'll open up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for everyone that is here, and I thank you, Lord, for the testimony of Peter, and how uh, how much of a man you've used how, how greatly you've used him, Lord. And oftentimes we perhaps take for granted the questions Peter asked because we live by the things you've said to him that are recorded in the Bible. And Lord, I pray, Father, that as, as I open up and I show the story of Peter, uh, as concise as it is, there's not much time to talk about his whole life. But Lord, how you used him and how greatly you've taught through him. 
I pray, Lord, that we would gather some lessons as well for our Christian life today. I thank you, Lord, and praise you, and I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So the number one, Peter was saved, right? Peter was saved. This question is often brought up today in our culture. Does truth change according to what we believe? Or do we change according to truth? Now I hope we would all answer it's the latter. According to truth, we change. Luke 5 verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. We see the story of Jesus uh, of Peter getting saved, where he confesses Christ. And we know that it's by confessing Christ that we know that we can believe that we are saved, right? So Matthew 16, verse 13 to 16 there, you can see it right here. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And then people gave all kinds of answers, but then look at verse number 15 again. Jesus asked, Well, who do you say that I am? He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So clearly, Peter knew the truth, and he was willing to change his opinions because of the truth. Peter didn't care about what the others thought about Jesus. Who is he? He's not John the Baptist. He's not this prophet. He's not that prophet. He is the Son of the living God. Right? And that is what Peter believed, and he was willing to confess it publicly. He didn't keep it in his mind. He said it out loud while everyone else was listening. He wasn't afraid to seem weird in the crowd. He believed the moment he met Christ, he didn't care about the thoughts that others had. He made his own mind. And so we see Peter publicly confessed what he thought about Christ the son of the living God. And then we come to number two. Peter stumbled. Peter was saved, but also Peter stumbled later. But as we continue in Peter's journey, we also see that he stumbled. And perhaps that is something that we can all relate with too. Stumbling is not always sudden. It can also take place gradually. Something that had taken place in Peter's life changed him. Peter became self-confident. There you could see it in that last part that we read there. In verse 21, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. That's shocking news to most of the disciples. They didn't understand a thing. So Peter, as he is, speaks up his mind. Right? Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. He started rebuking the Lord. He started telling God, no, 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 no. You got it all wrong. (laughs) Okay. Peter started rebuking him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. So Peter started becoming self-confident. And this is especially bad because this is the prophecy of Christ giving his life for the unsaved. And Peter's rebuking him on it. So Jesus rebuked him back. And during the arrest of Jesus, we also know that Peter was the one who pulled out his sword and he started to try and defend God. Defend God. Okay? And God was the one 
who told Peter, or Jesus was the one who told Peter, put away the sword. I could call down legions if I needed to. So, again, Peter's self-confidence. And then slowly Peter started to follow from afar. We notice that during the, uh, the arrest and, and Jesus being taken from place to place, Peter was just watching. He was kind of looking from afar off. And this was something that was slowly working at Peter. He was starting to stumble more and more and more. While once there was a time, we, as we read, Peter was not afraid about standing out from the crowd. But now here he was, part of the crowd. And that, unfortunately, is what happens when as Christians we start following Jesus from afar off. Following Jesus from afar off. Look at Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. So Luke chapter 22 says, in verse 54, I should say, chapter 22, verse 54, Luke records this about Peter. Then, then took they him and led him, this is Jesus they're talking about, they took, then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And often the case of a person who is following Christ afar off they start also growing more and more silent about their beliefs. They start growing less and less passionate about who they believe in. And this is a sad story. And later, he starts to try and blend in. Because he was part of this crowd, and this crowd started to notice, hey, weren't you that guy who hung around Jesus all the time? But then he was like, no, 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 no. And then that's where he started to deny, just as Jesus had prophesied that he would. So this crucifixion in the end brought the greatest amount of shock to Peter's heart. He couldn't believe it. Three and a half years he was following this man who, believed, who he believed was God. And all of a sudden, bam, lost it. And the shock made him leave. He left to his previous life. What was he previously? He was a fisherman. So he left. And turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21 and verse 3. John chapter 21 verse 3. This is Simon Peter. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. So, Peter leaves. Peter leaves the fellowship. And that's where we come to number three, point number three. Peter straightens up. Okay? Peter gets saved, then he stumbles, but then he straightens up. And praise the Lord, he straightened up. So, you can see here, the first part of the straightening up is God humbled Peter. God humbled Peter. Because look at the last part of that verse, number three. And that night, they caught nothing. 
They caught nothing. This is a professional fisherman. All night he toiled and he caught nothing. Okay, that really stinks because, well, yeah, all night. Peter knew what he was doing. He was a fisherman by trade. This is not something foreign to him. He's come from a line of fishermen, and he knew he was, what he, how to catch fish. But here he was, all of a sudden, he was unsuccessful in what he used to be able to do naturally. This is sort of an example of what happens when Christians decide to live outside the will of God. When we decide to live outside of the will of God, we are unsuccessful. That's what it is. But then we get to the second part of this where God straightens him up. Only Christ can bring Peter success. Only Christ can bring Peter success because at some point, verse 6, take a look, Peter obeyed Jesus and he started to see success. So verse number 6 here says, And he said unto them, this is Jesus telling unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. In fact, the blessing was so much that Peter was unable to contain it. The goodness of the Lord is always way better than what we can imagine. It's always so much more than we can handle. I'm reminded of Psalm 23, verse Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Our cup can't handle the goodness of the Lord. Often we are so undeserving, yet God is so kind and compassionate towards us. He's so full of mercy and He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Just imagine every time we gave up, There was no one there. But then Jesus is always there to pick us up. His table is always ready for us to return to. His table is always filled with blessings for us to partake in. God lovingly extends an invitation to every single person, and especially to believers, towards repentance, especially when we stumble. Jesus showed his love to a man that had forsaken him, really. Jesus was giving an invitation to Peter from the shore. And take a look at verse number four. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. So he wasn't with them in the, in the ship. He was on the shore. He was shouting all these things to them. So he stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not, knew, uh, excuse me, disciples knew not that it was Jesus. So he was shouting all of these things from the shore, and then the disciples finally decided, oh, I think this might be Jesus. Eventually they figured it out. And then verse 12 to 13 there, it says, Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. That's his invitation. Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them the fish likewise. Jesus had set up a place for Peter to eat at. This was one of those tender moments in the Bible 
where you see a man who has completely down on his luck, completely had hit rock bottom. And one of those tender moments where you see Jesus Christ extending the arm, saying, come. Jesus is having a heart-to-heart conversation. And then we see God's deep questions to Peter. Jesus had never forsaken Peter. Peter forsook Christ. Jesus began to ask the questions, very similar to the first question, whom say ye that I am? Very similar to that question. But here's his question to Simon Peter. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these, more than the fish? Right? And I know the verse gives us the answer right away. Oftentimes when we read the Bible, we don't take into account the emotions that are actually taking place at that moment. But I think if I was Peter in Peter's place and Jesus was to ask me, lovest thou me more than these? Having forsaken him, I think I would feel extremely ashamed. Extremely ashamed. I think that the question at first, even when Jesus asked Peter, uh, Peter about these, I think at first it shocked him. You know, often when we are fellowshipping and everything, we ask, hey, how's it going? What's our response, our quickest response? Good. It's reactive. And I think that's the same thing that happened in Peter's case. Lovest thou me more than these? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was a reactionary question. I don't think Peter was, a, was expecting Jesus to ask it again. But then Jesus asks it again. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? So at this point, I think Peter is giving his response with quivering lips. Lord, please don't ask me that again. Thou knowest that I love thee. And then there's the third time. Verse 17. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. See, Jesus won Peter out of love. Jesus won Peter out of love. Love won. Peter was brokenhearted because of the love of Christ in his time of departure. And then that same love was there when he returned. God's love didn't change toward us. 1 John 1.9, we even know that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God didn't rebuke Peter. He didn't chasten him. He just brought him back through an invitation with love. So then we come to number four. Peter stepped up. Peter stepped up. Where did Peter end up in the end? We know that in the book of Acts, which is the next book, that he was mightily used of God. He preached and 3,000 were saved. And then the Holy Spirit worked in him mightily. And then if you turn to Acts in chapter number 2, 
verse 41, on the day of, the, of Pentecost, we see it in verse number 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So Peter was given power to perform miracles as well. In the next chapter over, it says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. There were miracles that Peter performed as well throughout at least 12 chapters of the book of Acts. So Peter was greatly used of God. In the end, after he had straightened up, he was also stepping up. This is that same Peter that was once that fisherman that Jesus had called, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is that same Peter. Now he is talking to high priests. Now he's preaching in crowds of Pharisees and Sadducees and all these other kinds of seas. But you can see how much of a person God has turned Peter into. The Holy Spirit had Peter. Peter had boldness to preach and to do the many miracles that he did before he finally left earth. Now, here's a question. Peter in the book of Acts versus Peter that you see in the Gospels. If the Peter in the book of Acts were to meet the Peter in the Gospels, what would the Peter in the book of Acts say to those? Seeing how much of a journey God had brought him through and how God had used him, I'm sure that Peter would say that he would more than happily do it again. No regrets. No regrets. And so this is our conclusion. And I'm going to conclude. We learn from Peter that it is all right to be different and peculiar. Right? Peter, it's okay to stand out from the crowd. It's all right. God loves us to be different from the crowd anyways. In 1 Peter 2, verse 9 and 10, let's turn there quickly. 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 2. Verse 9 and 10, it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We are also told, second thing about Peter is we are also shown through Peter's life that even that it's easy to stumble, actually. Even though it could be gradual or it could happen suddenly, we could stumble. But there is a way to recognize it and to stop it and to get back on course. We see that in Peter's life. And then the third thing we see in Peter's life is that though he stumbled, God still loved him. God still extended an invitation towards him. This same invitation is open to everyone, Christian or sinner, faithful or backslidden. Jesus loves us. 
And then number four is Jesus wants to use us to do greater and mighty things that we can't even fathom of, that our imaginations can't even conjure. Some things are even wilder that God can come up with that our imaginations can come up with. So our journey with Christ isn't over. We have come into a new year, 2023, and we'll be facing new challenges. Within those challenges, it is important to be bold, like Peter. It's important to be bold. It is also important to recognize the pattern of how stumbling happens and to stop the stumbling and to get back on course. And it's important to know that God loves us and will forgive us if we do fall into sin. And that we can find joy once we are back in fellowship with God and with his joy. We have the strength to perform the work of the Lord. All right? Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word. Thank you.